Hello and welcome back to A Pinch of Honesty. Um, here from the relatively quiet domain of my house, um, husband and uh, daughter have left for a bit, so I uh, figured I'd take the chance to sit down and record a little. Um, currently, we're at a state of uncertainty. So, um, I went into the office on Tuesday early. So it's not like I was really around a bunch of people or anything. I went in real early. Um, and then by Wednesday, late Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, I began to not really feel terribly good, you know, like fatigue and my muscles hurt and my throat hurt and those types of things. And by Friday, you know, my throat is super hurting. Um, who knows what the heck it is, but regardless, I went in and got a COVID test. Um, and now of course, right, I can't stop checking the website to see if my results are up. Um, mostly because I just like to kind of know one way or the other, right? Like if it's negative, great. Right. I, maybe it's, you know, our wood burning stove, um, wasn't burning quite right. And there was a bit of, um, smoke getting into the house. Right. And so that could easily be part of like the headache, not feeling right. Um, it, you know, it could be a, a allergies, right. Um, but regardless, you know, I can't go into work unless I'm positive. I don't have COVID. Right. And so having something that could be symptom like, and not knowing means, you know, next week I can't go into work unless, you know, I hear back, um, from the testing that I'm negative. So fingers crossed that, um, I am negative. Um, for those of you who are wondering, my brother's doing a lot better. My dad's still in the hospital with COVID. Um, however, he's feeling, you know, I think quite a bit better. Um, and, uh, his girlfriend who's at home, um, is now on the regiment of steroids that they gave my dad and she's beginning to feel better too. So all those things are, you know, looking up. Um, I don't know if anybody else has ever done this, but, um, we carried the wood burning stove outside so my husband could clean out everything and then he needed to repaint it. And in doing all of that, um, you know, we had to move this huge cast iron wood burning stove and, um, I tweaked my neck. Right. So currently, you know, it's one of those things where like, I keep putting heat on it, but it's like, every time you turn your head kind of funny, um, you can feel it. And for anybody who's wondering, um, in the real world of honesty, that noise in the background is my cat, um, trying to vomit a hairball. So, um, sorry, <laughs> you know, we get real here on a pinch of honesty. Um, so uncertainty, that's where I'm at. I'm at uncertainty. Um, I have a couple friends and we are going to do, um, a yoga girl retreat, which we had done before online. We're going to start it again on Monday. And so I'm kind of looking forward to that. And I'm hoping that I feel better, um, by Monday, you know, well enough to actually be able to, uh, really participate in the retreat again. Um, there are some sections of it that I didn't really, uh, do fully. Right. So, um, some of the recipes I didn't try, actually, I only tried, you know, a handful of recipes. So there are recipes for me to try. And, um, some of the astrology stuff I haven't actually looked at. So I'm kind of interested in that and, um, figure I will do that, um, this coming Monday. So where are we at? Um, I have not done anything massive on my list this entire past week. I have not even created a better big list, right? So that's, that is something I need to do this weekend. 
um, with how I've been feeling, I haven't been feeling like pushing myself um, to cruise through things. So um, I'm, I'm taking a little breather and, and I think that's a good thing for me. Um, but I do plan to pick back up that big list of things around the house and, and really get on it. Um, I did decide, however, that, uh, based off of, um, my girlfriend Beverly doing something every single day for 365 days, I decided I'd been working on this knit project called Hexapoofs and, um, they're little tiny hexagons that get filled with stuffing and then you can make them into kind of a, a stuffy blanket or something to cover a seat, those types of things. And, you know, I started it in 2012. I did a handful of hexapoofs. I can't find them for the life of me, right? I've organized my craft space. So who knows where they've ended up? Um, but now what I've decided is every single day I'm going to do a hexapoof. And so by the time I decided I wanted to do this, I'm already behind, right? Because the first of the year has already kicked off. And so instead of being aggravated with myself that I missed the beginning of the year, I decided instead just to do a couple a day until I caught up. And so um, as of last night, you know, I'm fully caught up. And, um, so I have 16 hexapoofs done. Um, it is the 16th, so I'm good to go. Um, and so every single day I'm going to do one of these little hexapoofs and we'll just see, we'll just see, you know, what it turns into at the end of the year, but I'm definitely inspired by Beverly. Um, and, uh, and in other kind of interesting, exciting news, I think I'm going to have Beverly on the podcast to talk about how she stays inspired and, um, how she continues to really push her writing, which she does, um, and a number of other topics, because, you know, as far as people I've never met, um, you know, Beverly just, you know, chatting with her through email, keeping up with her on Ravelry, keeping up with her on Instagram. Um, she's just, she's way too cool. She is way too cool not to have on the podcast. So, um, fingers crossed this next week, I'll uh, get to record something with Beverly. Um, we will also have another special guest, um, that I'll probably post here in the next episode or two, um, from the Pacific Northwest. So we'll have somebody from the Pacific Northwest and then we're going to have Beverly who uh, lives on the East coast. And so, um, that should be kind of exciting. What I wanted to really, uh, talk about today was, um, you know, in my history of books and a love affair, choose your own adventures are huge. And I didn't cover them at all during my, you know, big, basically vomiting of all the books and my direction of reading. Um, I love choose your own adventures for a couple of reasons. First of all, there's always the option to die. You know, you can read a, a lot of novels and never actually die. Choose Your Own Adventures in general, one of the options is always death. Um, and I kind of like that as a kid. Um, the other thing I really liked was I liked going back through and rereading and, you know, basically picking a different ending. Um, I always felt it was unfinished if there was a couple pages or more section that I didn't get to. And so I really like to spend a lot of time going through them and focusing on, you know, whatever storyline I had missed. Um, and because of that love affair, right? Like, so I still have, you know, massive stacks of choose your own adventures, which I'm hoping, fingers crossed, at some point my child will get into. Um, a girlfriend and I went through and we wrote up our own choose your own adventure, which we then posted online in the form of a blog, hoping that folks would comment on it to choose which adventure. And so my girlfriend and I, um, stylo from my other podcast, if you're wondering, um, we really hoped that it would kind of bring back some of the joy of choose your own adventures for folks. Um, we did this, you know, years ago and it didn't really pick up the way that we were hoping it would pick up. 
Um, but I'm going to read you um, the adventures and what were selected, um, at least for the very first part of this um, today. Now, um, keeping in mind that when Stylo and I went through to write this, um, each of us would pick a different ending to a segment. And then when we picked that different ending, we fully wrote out all the endings, right? Because we didn't know which ending was going to get selected. Um, and so without knowing which, you know, ending would be selected, we want to make sure we had everything ready to go just in case people picked, you know, different ending. Um, so the blog that it's on is wormhole extreme, you know, dot wordpress.com. Um, and I'm trying to actually see here, you know, when this got posted, it was January 28th of um, 2015. So there you go. Long time ago, we posted Wormhole Extreme Mission 1.1. Uh, and here you go. So we will go through and I'll read you the first part of this mission. Um, hopefully uh, it inspires you to pick up some old choose your own adventures, um, or maybe you'll just be interested in what the ending is. So sometime in the future, a tall, lanky computer analyst, Rex Hunter, thought about how he really didn't like to lose. He found losing at anything soul-crushing. His competitive nature hadn't helped him in sports or with girls, but it had helped him excel to the top of his field. Rex Hunter is the world's best computer nerd. His fingers caressed his keyboard in a loving and dominant manner, moving at the speed that most computer nerds would find fast as hell. Rex spends the majority of his day in his dimly lit room with a wall of monitors accessing threats and ever-changing world for the spooks, a branch of the government that had grown out of the CIA back in the 21st century. Ooh, I'm scrolling, sorry. Rex smiled as he finished and completed the vintage game Candy Crutch. Not a single level was left and he felt a gush of emotion as the understanding that no more levels were left to play. He would never lose to a video game that was just unheard of. His tenacity for repetitively trying to win was legendary. Rex, do you have the TP reports? Ryan, Rex's friend and coworker, asked. Rex continued to stare at the screen of neon colors dancing around from the Candy Crush game. The game wasn't meant to be completed, and the glitch in the code caused a cascade of neon rainbows to fill the screen. It was mesmerizing. Without turning his head or taking his eyes off the computer screen, he pointed to a stack of papers on the right end of his table. What are you looking at? Ryan asked as he came closer. I just finished another silly game, and... and... the final is this. Sorry, the finale is this. Rex motioned to the screen. Ryan stared for a moment and then scooped up the stack of papers. You have way too much time on your hands. Without looking back at the rainbow, Ryan left the room, closing the door softly as he left. Rex didn't have a lot of friends and no real family. His Nana had raised him and had crossed into the great beyond a few years ago. He missed her terribly. As Rex thought about his Nana, the door of his office slowly popped open. Rex? It was Ryan again, just barely sticking his head into the room. Yeah? Rex swiveled his chair to face the door. Want to come and get a beer tonight? Sure, 
Rex smiled and turned back to the computer. Ryan was really the only close friend, and an evening out with him would take his mind off of the next Kate Daniels book he was scouring the net for. Like all things vintage, Kate Daniels' paranormal novels were something to be savored and systematically devoured. Rex found whole novels sometimes, and then bits and pieces of novellas other times. He was currently looking for half of gunmetal and, and having very little luck piecing the book together. Back at his monitors, Rex unlocked his terminal and began the long, arduous process of decrypting data. Tucking one leg under the other, he focused, and here's your options. He found out that there is actually a Kate Daniels in New Atlanta. A message pops up from an unknown sender, or he finds a secret code floating in the data. So just so you know, back in 2015, the votes that came in were four votes for he finds Kate Daniels in New Atlanta, three votes for a message pops up from an unknown sender, and two votes for he finds a secret code code floating in the data. Um, so the next mission um, will most likely start with him finding that there's an actual Kate Daniels in uh, New Atlanta. And so because of um, Stylo and I both liking the Kate Daniels series and at the time really being into them, um, you can see how we pulled them into this choose your own adventure. Um, so you should comment. Would you have picked the same thing that the majority picked here or would you have uh, gone with a different ending? The other thing that is a possibility is I can um, open up the original files that uh, Stylo and I have and um, can read you an alternate ending if there's a different ending that you're really interested in. Um, so with all of that, um, I, the last thing that I kind of wanted to focus on for this podcast um, was how do you deal with stress? Um, when I get stressed and when I get really stressed, we're talking not like a little bit worked up, but really stressed, um, a couple things happen to me. Um, first of all, I carry all of my stress in my shoulders and my neck. It has actually gotten to the point where I'll have to go see a chiropractor or get acupuncture to try to relieve tension um, if I let it go too long. And so stress for me can cause um, headaches and migraines and can really um, make my overall health uh, suffer quite a bit. I have never had a hard time sleeping ever in my whole life. Um, but with the pandemic, that's also been one of those side effects with stress. And so I've really been trying to look after myself and say, look, you know, like if I'm, if I'm waking up at two o'clock in the morning and I can't get back to sleep, um, what's on my mind, right? And sitting down and journaling those things and really trying to delve into what is it that is in my subconscious that keeps popping up that's kind of stressing me out. Um, and to be honest, recently, um, kind of the biggest thing that's been stressing me out is um, school for my kid. So the numbers in our small little town are still increasing. We're still red according to all maps. And the school is opening up for kids to go back to school this next week um, for an hour and 45 minutes or an hour and a half, somewhere in there. And we've chosen not to send her back for that, right? So she's going to do all the online stuff, but we're not going to send her back in for that. And I worry about her, A, interactions with other people um, and that type of thing diminishing and B, um, her overall academically, right? Like I, it, it, 
it's something that weighs on me. I worry about it. I worry that I'm not doing a good enough job schooling my own child, right? And I don't want to be one of those moms who's just constantly riding her kid. But at the same time, um, she is one of those kids where she doesn't have a great memory. And so she can learn something. And if she's tested on it, tested on it, tested on it, she does fine. But then as soon as you're done testing her on it, she'll kind of forget about what it was, right? Like she'll just gone. Um, And so there's a number of things that I like to go back through and kind of um, bring back into the mix, you know, to keep her fresh on it, right? So for example, telling time on, you know, um, old school clocks. It's one of those things that it's, it's, she needs to know how to do it. Um, And she does know how to do it, but then she'll forget, right? She'll forget, is it the long hand or the short hand that you count by fives, those types of things. But it makes me concerned about her overall academically um, because of the pandemic, right? And part of me is wondering if this entire generation of kids who is is going to miss a full year, basically, of in-class learning, um, if, if there isn't, you know, something to be said or done for them, right? Like, should they repeat the grades? Um should we have some type of summer program where, you know, if in the summer COVID's not so bad that they all go in over summer? I, I don't know. Right. Um, but I am concerned. Right. And I know she's only in third grade. Um, but the one thing that that is really poignant to me is that, first of all, tomorrow marks day 300 of quarantining for us. Um, and that we had her eighth birthday and then lockdown. And her eighth birthday was right as stuff was taking off. And so, for example, um, my in-laws didn't come for her birthday, which is the first birthday since she was born that they didn't come for. And they didn't come because of COVID. And when I look at the calendar, um, it is two months until she turns nine, right? So (laughs) my child will have spent, you know, her entire eighth year um, in quarantine, right? Lockdown. And so, um, again, you know, it's not just, it's not just academically, but it's also how she interacts with other people. Um, I find things that I think are beneficial, right? Um, so for sure her reading and reading ability has gotten a lot better. So I think being at home has been great for that, but the way that she talks to people and the way that she interacts with people, um, seems like it's, it's different and it's not, it's not as jovial. She's not as joyous as she once was. Um, when she was little, um, and I would say, gosh, this was up until she was like six years old, we would take her out. So there's things to keep in mind about my daughter, right? So she has bright blue eyes. She's got, you know, very, very blonde hair. And, um, and especially up until, you know, last year when she cut her own hair, she had these long ringlets that went down, you know, her back, right? So she kind of looked like that girl from Little House on the Prairie. And we would go out to restaurants. She would be, you know, sitting in her high chair or wherever, and she would talk to everybody, right? And at one point in time, we were in Colorado somewhere at a little diner, and this lady said, that child knows no strangers. And it's true, right? You know, um, she loves to talk. She loves people. And um, she's very, very outgoing. And what I've noticed is that that... Um, it's not like it's coming to a halt, but she definitely checks herself now. She checks herself a lot. And an example would be, um, she had a cyst removed from her face this past week and she wanted to tell her class about her stitches. 
And she had a very hard time actually telling them that she had stitches in her face. And this is not something that I would have seen last year, right? It's not something I would have seen a year before that. Um, and instead, it's like she's just really, really nervous about those conversations. And so I worry about that, right? Like I worry that you're taking a child who has a certain outlook on life and a certain personality. And because of all this quarantine stuff, it's shifting that. Now, maybe now maybe it's just something where, you know, once all this is done and said and over with, um, she'll be, you know, back to herself. I can't say, right? I think everything's kind of up in the air. Um, but I can tell that things are just hard on her, you know? Um, I had to administer her standardized test this week and she hates taking tests. That's first of all, they're long. Um, you know, and so I just sat there and I kind of held her hand. And what I realized was that the results from these standardized tests, albeit will be a good indicator of her knowledge are not a good indicator of her test taking ability, right? So when she's in class and she's taking tests, I know my child, I know exactly what she does. She skims stuff and then she guesses. And I think she's actually a relatively good guesser. Um, I think she just wants to be done and she hates it. So at home, when mom's holding her hand and mom's like, you know, take your time, take your time, take your time, take your time. Um, I think, you know, it's probably going to be a much better accurate description of her knowledge, but not of her test taking. And so long-term, does that help her? Is it beneficial? Is it not beneficial? I have no idea, right? Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to sit and hold her hand again while she takes a standardized test. Um, but I will say it was really stressful for me. It was really stressful for me, um, especially keeping an eye on the clock and knowing how much time she was taking to go through things. Um, it was really nerve wracking. So anyways, thanks for listening. Um, and I'm going to go stretch out my uh, stress. I hope that all of you um, at least can smile a little today and uh, can maybe wiggle out, shake out your stress just a tidge. And um, we'll have some special guests here in the next couple of days. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the flip side.